Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm Joel, and I'm here with Dad. And I'm Rick. What do you want to talk about today, Joel? Uh, first, I, ne- I think we need to address the elephant in the room. Um, this is the problem I had with video, is that I, I kind of have a face for radio. So, you know, they have they joke. Oh, yeah, 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 a yeah. Face okay. for radio. I got you. If you're watching this on video and you're like, what happened to your face? I went to the skin doctor, and he felt like there were some things that need to be burnt off of me. So you should see the other guy. But uh, <laughs> that Emily scratch. Yeah, no, it was not Emily. There's no domestic abuse here, thank God. So, but she could do me in if she needed to. So, uh, I wanted to talk about something. I've been seeing this meme floating around, and one of the things you always taught me is, is that there's two sides of the story, right? Well, yeah. And I, uh, what's that? There's a proverb that says, "What's the proverb?" Yeah, one man's uh, one man's story seems right until you hear the other man's story. Yeah. Something like that. That's yeah. my translation of it. So I think wisdom is recognizing that there's always two sides of the story, and sometimes mm-hmm. we get it wrong. So I, there's this this thing going around, and it's really popular. Everybody's sharing it. I wanted to see it, share it, because something irritated me about it. I've been trying to process what it is, and I think I know what it is, but I was like, this will be a good conversation for Dad and me. An alcoholic friend of Philip Yancey, who I love, amazing writer. He wrote yeah. my favorite book, Disappointment with God. Yeah, that's well, a great one. One of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, said to him, when I'm late to church, people turn around and stare at me with frowns of disapproval. I get the clear message that I'm not as responsible as they are. When I'm late to AA, the meeting comes to a halt and everyone jumps up and hugs and welcomes me. They realize that my lateness may be a sign that I almost didn't make it. When I show up, it proves that my desperate need for them won out over my desperate need for alcohol. Now, that's so, oh, yeah, touching, Un- isn't it? Unconditional acceptance. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. As I read it more, I'm like, also a touch of narcissism. The whole thing's about how people respond to you. Everybody in the church. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like... The thing I get out of it too is this guy has never stood behind a pulpit because everybody frowns at you when you're standing behind a pulpit too, you know? You don't realize it, but the fa- look on people's faces is very threatening. They don't... They're just listening. And it's not a frown. It's just, that's my normal, natural face. So something happens behind me. I'm going to turn around and what's going on back there? And I'm not going to smile at him and stand up and, hey, good to have you here, you know? Yeah. And it's, I, so I'm thinking, okay. Yeah. And I've heard this about so many things in our, our, our world right now. Everybody's like, well, it's your reality, man. Like, yeah. And I was talking to somebody the other day. And, you know, as soon as I, you know, I was in, you know, a Hispanic person, I walked into this, um, this small town. And as soon as I walked into the restaurant, everyone turned and looked at me and I know it was because of the color of my skin. And I'm thinking when I walk into a small town, everybody turns and looks at me. It's because you're in a small town and you an outsider. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about, I don't know if we call it, well, okay. So is it wrong attribution of motives? Is it narcissism that makes us think everything's about us? And I get it. Look, there are some places where you feel judged, but one of the things I used to hear with people with churches too, is they're like, I left that church because they were judging me. And yeah. when you get to the nitty gritty of it, you really find out they were calling you on some behaviors that you could be better. Yeah. And so there, was it judging you or was it calling greatness out of you, what they were doing? And I just, I wonder if so much of our world today, we've got this thing, it's kind of almost a victim chip on our shoulder where we're like, we're wrongly attributing people's motives and we're making it about us when it really has nothing to do about us or maybe yeah. it's just people in general. Yeah, it's kind of that old saying, you know, we uh, we always worry so much about what people are thinking about us when actually they aren't. They're thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about you. 
And so um, it's, it's easy to feel like everything focuses on me because I am the center of my universe. Everything I see, I wake up, it does revolve around me. It's not intended to be, but that's just the real life of it. That's the only world I can see is my world. And that's the only perspective I can have too. And I think that's one of the big problems. It's the only perspective we can have. And so we attribute, what I find is a lot of times we attribute to other people the motive we would have. And so therefore, if that guy feels like, oh, they're judging me because of, that's because he might be the one, that is what would pass through his mind if he were in their place. Projection, which I've seen, when we talked about that in counseling, it's like, well, not everybody thinks the same way as you. And to think everybody thinks the same way as you, like, I had a buddy and uh, he, he was a Hispanic guy. And he told me one time, he's like, bro, I realized recently I was racist against you. And I'm like, wait, that doesn't, I don't think, can a Hispanic person be racist against white person? He's like, dude, I was totally racist against you. He's like, the first time I ever heard you talk, I thought this white boy don't understand my problems. And I thought, and I was like, what? You thought that about me? Like, how, <laughs> yeah. how wrong of you? And he's like, I know I was so wrong. He's like, but I realized I immediately, whenever I see a white person, I think they don't get me. Yeah. I thought, wow, that's quite an admission. Yeah, it is. Quite, and, quite a revelation of himself. Which is, I mean, that's yeah. what humility is, is realizing, you know, yeah. our own biases, our own illusions. I think about, uh, there's a verse, you know, we had to memorize so many scriptures growing up in the King James Version, because that's the version Jesus used. Of course. But uh, it's a joke. Yeah. And for some people are like, yeah, amen, right? <laughs> so there's 2 Corinthians 10, 5 through 6, it says, casting down imaginations and everything that exalt itself, exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing in captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to, uh, to revenge all disobedience. Well, that's a heavy word in the King James. But I think about that. One of the translations says vain imaginations. Right. And vanity is just kind of being self-focused. And the idea that vain imaginations are making everything about you when it really has nothing to do with you. That's, I think that's what that's addressing there. Yeah. And I think it's so evident in our world today where you just wrongly attribute things yeah. to that. Yeah. 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 I was thinking about this a while ago and it, it seems like all of us wear a, a certain color of glasses and hearing aids. Mm. And um, cause I, I was talking with someone recently um woman, friend of mine, black woman, who's uh, she and her husband, wonderful people from uh, very outspoken uh, and they're from Detroit. And uh, so, and we got to talk about racism and things. And, and we were, we were just talking about how some people see things uh, racist, no matter what. <clears throat> and I realized we all wear certain glasses. Mm-hmm. Your glasses might be racist glasses and a racist hearing aid. And so someone says something, the, the words, ruffle the air and the sound waves hit your ear, but before they go into your ear, they pass through these filters. Right. And so you can hear it as racist. You can hear it as, you know, in my case, I, I grew up with what I, what I call a poverty mentality. And I think that's, a, it's very parallel to the racist thing. It's just, it has nothing to do with the color of your skin. And it's where you feel like the guy's against you. Man, the world's out to get me. You know, the man, the man is out the to man. get me. You got to yeah. fight the man. You know, you got to, and you do things kind of undercover so that you you don't want to stand up or stand out because if you stand out in this culture, you're going to get banged down. You know, because you're not supposed to stand out. Right. Well, I mean, that was one of the things I say was if you're the the, the nail that's highest gets hit first or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you know, it, I kind of grew up with that, and I didn't know it until I you know got out of it and looked back on it and realized. Um, that kind of mentality. And so we all have, uh, you know, that guy may have the alcoholic syndrome, whatever. 
Like the guy in the meme, right? Yeah, in the meme, you know, because so he feels like everybody sees me as an alcoholic because he sees himself as an alcoholic. Which is what we start AA, they start AA with every day is, I'm an alcoholic. Which AA is doing some tremendous things because sometimes you have to acknowledge that, which is getting kind of humbling your own narcissism of I'm yeah. not that great, right? And, and then when they stick with that, it doesn't matter if you've been sober, you know, 100 years, you still say, I am an alcoholic. And, the, and there's a positive in that, in that you are reminding yourself of the fact that I can still fall. Right. But the negative of that is then you never become one who God has delivered from that. Mm. So if, if you're really walking with the Lord, then you can begin to realize I've been set free from that, but it's not because of me. But the reason they continually emphasize you still are, you still are, you still are, is because it's very easy to slip into then pride. And you look at the guy who's still struggling with it. <laughs> What's wrong with him? Right. I beat that. Why can't you beat that? But it comes, that's that identity thing too, is when you realize, you know, when we separate ourselves from, sounds so Zen but our illusions of what we are, right? Like this isn't really, you know, in Christ, you're a brand new creation. Right, yeah. But you st- still see yourself as, you know, this, a sinner struggling in these sins. If It's right in line with that identity thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, well. But, I, go ahead. But Paul talked about that too, you know. He, he, he said, forgetting what's behind. So he did that. But then at the same time, when he was talking to people, he said, I'm the worst of sinners. He said, I did this, I did that, I did this. And he said, I'm, it's, it's all by grace. So if you, can, if you can forget what's behind, but remember that where you are now is not because of who you are, but because of who God is, then that's really speaking more the truth. Yeah. The truth is, I'm no longer that person. But if I somehow morph into thinking I had something to do with that transition, right. then all of a sudden, boom, God resists the proud. It gives grace to the humble. That's a good a good point because so what do they say when 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 you're a hammer everything looks like a nail yeah <laughs> and i think we've all got these frameworks so for me mine would be i think everyone is out to control me yeah and people don't even think about me here we go with the enneagram again yeah right? well, so but i'm like everybody's there. out to control me and so when i look at any situation i'm like that guy's trying to control me he's like yeah. he's not even thinking about me he's just trying to live his life yeah. so that's my framework but i think i was i was thinking about this What's a good way to identify if you have, I guess you could call it a mental stronghold. You know, they talk about strongholds, things that are holding back. What's that way to identify if you've got a wrong perspective on the world that you're attributing things, you know, you think everything's a nail because you're a hammer in this way. What's a way that you think you could identify those things? For me, I mean, it took me a while to realize, no, not everybody isn't sitting around scheming ways to control me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you're going to have to have outside help on that. Because again, look at the, the, the picture I see is, again, if you're wearing a pair of tinted glasses mm-hmm. and you're hearing everything through tinted uh, hearing aid, then I've got to have somebody else to tell me it is not red. That <laughs> is white. Well, no, I can clearly see. you know, And so I, you've got to have other people who are going to and that's the benefit of the body of Christ, and that's the benefit, I think, of the Word of God, too, because as you get into the Word, God will reveal these things to you as you get in spending time with Him, quiet time, just letting Him talk to you. I mean, we we tend to, when we get a moment with the Lord, we tend to cast, you know, be, be filling it up with our words and our needs and our this and that and our thoughts instead of just kind of sitting. It's hard to do that. It takes some training to learn to just sit quietly and maybe let the Lord speak to you. God, is there anything you want to say to me today? And then just 
keep your mind silent for a few months. And I, I think we've got to have other people helping us and then the help of the Lord as well to confirm that to us. That, that goes back to that. Uh, one of my favorite Psalms, um, hold on, let me make sure I quote it right. Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Mm. Test my heart, test yeah. me and know my anxious thoughts. Anxious would be worried that everybody's thinking about you. Yeah. Uh, see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's that constant self-reflection, which is, again, I think we did a podcast about this a couple weeks ago, yeah. the difference between self-awareness and self-centeredness. The self-awareness is recognizing, you know, how you're seeing the world and how your view of the world is affecting others. Yeah. So, and again, you, you need outside help. That's where the Holy Spirit really comes. I mean, this is where that stuff is super practical. You're like, oh, I need Holy Spirit guide me. Yeah, It's stuff like this where you realize I've got yeah. a blind spot in this area. I tend to think everybody's out to control me. I tend to think everybody's looking at me because I'm a certain color. I tend to think, uh, I've, I've seen this one. I tend to think everyone's trying to reject me. I was yeah. talking to a guy the other day and he said, I just realized recently that my father was actually very loving. It was me that was the problem. Huh. He said, I had this wow. view that my father was rejecting me. He's like, he never showed any signs of that. But in my mind, I was projecting my own insecurity about myself yeah. onto my father. So anytime he'd look at me with some look that I was like, oh, he's disapproving of me. I knew yeah. I wasn't enough. And he's like, he never really showed that in any way as I look at his actual actions. But he had that stronghold, that mental stronghold of rejection. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and none of us, I mean, none of us see the world completely because we just live in one body, in one moment, in one space and time. And so we, we are so, if, that would be the beginning place would be with humility. I mean, that's the beginning place of really anything from the Lord is begin with humility and recognizing I could be wrong. I am wrong. Not I could be wrong. I am wrong. I do not see the world correctly because mm -hmm. I've only had one experience, one lifetime, one short lifetime. Even if I'm 100 years old, that's a short period of time in, in all of history. And I've only lived in one location. I've only been in one spot my entire life. I've been raised by one family. And so the big beginning place is to recognize, wow, I really need to get a bigger perspective on life in the world. And that starts by recognizing I don't know what I'm Thanks for listening. Please consider sharing this with your friends on the platform of your choice. For more from Joel Malm, visit joelmalm.com. For more from Rick Malm, visit rickmalm.com. Our podcast music was produced by Alex Burleson.